All right, let's look at uh, 3 John 2. We're going to continue in our series, God Wants You Well. I believe this is part 6. 3 John 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, even or just as your soul prospers. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. In the Amplified Classic, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way, and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. Notice it says, I I pray that you may prosper in every way. I pray that you may prosper in every way. Well, healing, bodily health is just one way to prosper. Okay, notice it's talking about health. Uh, People, you know, oftentimes use prosper just in the, the financial realm. Oh, well, you know what? I'd rather have a well body than a full bank account. You know, there's, you can't put a price on being able to get around. You can replace money. You know, you got one body. <laughs> yeah, you can replace parts of it, but you know, it's, it's just better just to have to not do that. Right? So no, prosperity is in every area. God wants us to prosper in every area. And this is, of course, just another part. It, why would it, it would make no sense that somehow he wants us to prosper in every area except, oh, he wants you to be sick. That's it, not logical, and that's not the Bible. Thank God for the Bible. Thank God for the truth. We can be bold about the truth. You don't have to, have to ever have to shy away from sharing the truth. You don't ever have to shy away uh, from, from standing up for what God said. Amen? Amen. I mean, you don't got to get in somebody's face and, and argue with them. If they want to argue, you can maybe it's better just to let them alone because maybe they, you're not going to convince them of anything. But, you know, if somebody's trying to somehow indirectly intimidate you about your beliefs that are based on the Bible, don't back down. You can be kind. You can be saying, hey, yeah, well, this is what the Bible says. And, and always let it be their argument is with the Bible. Don't say, well, I believe, because they, they don't have no problem uh, arguing with you, telling you you're wrong. Just point them back to God. Well, this, this is what the Bible says. Because there's so many things in our society and, and that, that are changing you know, uh, from what the Bible says. And people have all kinds of beliefs, and it's popular to believe, well, I just believe whatever I want to, and what's good for me is good for me, what's good for you is good for you. So they have no problem arguing with you. But just point them back to the Bible. Then their argument is with God. If they have a problem arguing with God, no problem arguing with God, they're not going to have any problem arguing with you. Just just say, well, this is what the Bible says. Well, I don't like that. Well, then you don't like the Bible. You don't like what God has to say, and that's a you problem. <laughs> You're going to have to deal. And so I'm not going to get in the way. I'm going to be nice, you know, uh, nice to you as I can, nice to a person as I can. You know, if somebody gets offended because I'm being um, out walking out of love, that's one thing. That shouldn't happen. But if they get offended at the word, that's their problem. They got offended at Jesus. And if they got offended at Jesus, don't be surprised when they get offended at you if you're saying what Jesus said. So do not back down from sharing the truth, but just share the truth in love. Isn't that what the Bible said? Ephesians, speaking the truth in love. That doesn't mean shoving it down somebody's throat. But yes, this is what the Bible says. If they want to argue about it, maybe just say, hey, let's talk about something else. Smile at them. Oh, you, you know, you don't want to talk about something else? Well, the Bible says, let the ignorant be ignorant still. The Bible says, go from the presence of a fool. Sometimes you just need to walk away. Do you know that's biblical? I'm not saying you have to do it real rudely, but if somebody's just going to be ugly and they just won't back, maybe you just, you just need to go somewhere else. 
go from the presence of a fool. What the fool, the Bible says, it's the fool that says there is no God. <laughs> so if somebody's going to be, you know, ranting and raving and they don't believe what about the uh, believe God, well, maybe you need to find another place to be and that's okay, let them rant and rave all by themselves. 3 John 2 in the NIV, it says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that you may go, that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. In the NLT, it says, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. So God wants us to be healthy. That's his will. He wants us well. John 10, 10. These are some of the, the verses we're just using as a springboard. We've read through them again. That's why we're going through them. Faster, if you didn't get the first few messages, we are just going in sequence. You don't have to hear all the previous ones to get something out of this, but we are covering certain things, and so we're not going to repeat everything um, tonight, but it will benefit you if you haven't heard them to go back and listen to them. They're available in a number of places. uh, John 10.10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Okay? The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. So you can just ask yourself the question, if it's stealing, if it's killing, and, or if it's destroying, it's the devil. The, the, it's calling the devil the thief here. Jesus is. It's that simple. Does it, is it stealing from me? Is it killing? Is it destroying? It's the devil, not God, because God's the author of life. And so then Jesus says, I have come. So he's contrasting what, what Satan the thief does, and what he's doing. He says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So if it's, if it's life-giving, if it's abundance, if it's everything you need, that's God. The NLT says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. In the Amplified Classic, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life, or came, came that they may have and enjoy life. Did you know God wants you, to, wants you to enjoy life? You know God is not a party pooper? Do we know that? You know, and sitting in, you know, completely hungover, not remembering what happened the night before, that's not living the good life. The world wants to tell you, oh no, that's, that's, that's where it's at. <laughs> No, it's not. You can have fun with all that. God, God wants us to have real fun and actually remember what happened and feel good about what happened. He is a good God. God is not like, oh, you know, I, I want to keep you from having fun. I'm just a downer. He created life. He created fun. Satan perverts what God created, so he perverts fun and makes it something that will hurt you in the long run. Yeah, your flesh may like it. We're not denying that. Yeah, your flesh may think, oh, this is fun, until it's not. Until you pay the consequences. There's always a, a kickback with sin. May not, you may not see it right away, but you will see it. And why deal with that? Why not just have the life of God and live uh, in, in His ways and have fun and not have to regret it? Because there, that is, God's word is not to take away from us, it's to show us how to live so that we have abundant life. 
And so when you see boundaries in the word, it's not to take your fun away. It's not to make you miserable. It's so you actually live life the way it's intended to be lived. So when you see something, if your flesh goes, no, I really want to do that. And God says, no, you say, agree with God. Say, no, I don't want to do that. Your flesh says, oh, yeah, we want to do that. You say, no, we don't. And we're not. And yes, you may have to put your flesh down. And you're talking about your flesh, your body. Your body will do anything that you'll let it do. You guys all caught quiet. You don't have to, you don't have to say, oh, yeah, well, like, you know. No, we all know that. It will let you do whatever you let it do. And, it, and it, when it gets used to doing something, it just wants to do that again and again. The good thing is you can train it to do the right thing, and it'll, it'll want to do that. Now, if you let it go, it'll go the opposite direction. But just because your flesh wants to do something doesn't mean you're sinning. Just because you're tempted doesn't mean you're sinning. It's when you yield to it. Just because you have a thought doesn't mean that you've done something wrong. It's what you do after the thought. If you have a thought to go rob a bank, most people in here would be like, no, I'm not doing that. Well, that's exactly what you do with any other thought that's wrong. If you had a thought about robbing a bank, most people in here, I think, I would, I fair to say, all people in here, <laughs> and all people listening, I'm just going to speak my faith that nobody in here is seriously thinking about robbing a bank. No, I believe that. I don't know who all's watching, but I'm going to go ahead and say if they're watching, they're probably not in that category either. Okay, so if you had a thought, I'm going, you know, go down and rob that, that bank downtown. You wouldn't think, oh, I feel so bad. I had a thought about robbing a bank. You probably just been like, what? No way, and just went on with your day. You and me go, oh, I mean, I had a thought. That means I must be a bank robber. At heart, I'm a bank robber. That's all there is to it. I can't, I mean, I, 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 I want to rob banks. I had a thought. And if I had a thought, that must mean I'm a bank robber. <laughs> that's the way the world thinks now. Yes. You had a thought about that? Well, that's, that's a hidden desire. Or it could be the devil and the world implanting something into your head or your flesh wanting to do something, and you, do, you, you react to it. Yes. This isn't in my notes, but we're good. <laughs> you don't have to react to it. And just because you had a thought doesn't mean you've sinned, but if you yield to it, then you've sinned. You can yield in your mind before your body does everything. That's what happens. You start thinking about it and going over it in your head. Well, you've already yielded to it. But if you'll take the thought and say, no, just like the bank robber thought, say, no, I'm not doing that. That's stupid. And go on, you have done nothing wrong. You can't stop a thought from coming through your mind, but you can stop yourself from meditating on it. And this goes for every area. And if you've let your body and your flesh and your mind go in certain directions for a long period of time, yes, you are going to have to deal with changing your mind and training your flesh. That's, there's no surprise there. So just because you had the desire to do something you used to do does not mean that you haven't changed. It means you, need, you, you don't yield to that old thing. You don't, you don't, you, you cast it down. You call it sin and say, I'm not having anything to do with that. 
You know, it's like we go to the bank robber thing. If you're saying, well, you know, it's not bad to rob a bank. I mean, I could, you, now you're siding on the wrong side. It is. It's illegal. You're stealing. It's against God's command. So when some, don't try to make excuses. Don't try to make it like, well, it's okay. I mean, I don't, it's, it's all right. Now you're walking on ground that's going to be slippery and bring you to where you end up doing the thing that you don't want to do, but you're yielding your mind to it. Don't do that. So God wants us to enjoy life. He came for us to enjoy life. Part of that is just walking after him. He wants us to enjoy life and have it to the abundance, to the full, till it overflows. That's his will. And if you want that overflowing, abundant life, then just follow his word, follow your heart. If you know in your heart not to do something, then don't override that. Don't do it. And just stay on the abundance track. Amen. Let's look at Luke 5.15. We're going to pick up what we were talking about last week. If you didn't hear that, we will kind of connect with that. that but we'll go over the scriptures that we went over last week. Luke 5.15. It says, However, the report went around concerning him, concerning Jesus all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Notice it says, great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed of him or by him of their infirmities. Go back to the beginning of verse 15. However, the report went around concerning him all the more. The report of him. What is that? That's, that's a message that, that's people talking about Jesus. And so the report went around concerning him all the more. And then great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. We talked last week about hear and be healed. And we're, we're continuing that tonight. It says here that they came to hear and to be healed of their infirmities. Uh, by him of their infirmities. Look at Luke 6, verse 17. It says, And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. So notice again, it says a crowd of people came to hear him and be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. So it says that they came to hear and to be healed. So they came to hear something and then to be healed. We said last week that... If you're going to be healed, we're talking about by faith and, and real briefly, there, there are moves of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, as the Spirit uh, wills, that God initiates, but that you can't control those. Those are as the Spirit wills, as he, you know, certain things are initiated by him. But if you want to be healed by faith, you can't control those things, but you can always believe in healing uh, 
independent of those things. So at all the time, at every point, the Word of God's still the same, which means everything that God has stated in His Word and everything that Jesus has purchased for us is available to us now. Think about it. You know, some of us in here, um, you know, some of us are, have been here less than a decade on earth, some of us more than a decade, some of us more several decades. Nobody in here is over 100 years old. Over 100 years ago, everything that Jesus provided was already available then. 500 years ago, yes, everything since Jesus paid the price, it was available. Well, 50 years ago, it was available. 25 years ago, it was available. 10 years ago, it was available. Five years ago, it was available. A year ago, it's available. Last week, it was available. So God is never waiting for a certain time to pour out what he's already given. So just because some, some time may pass in our life where we, something dawns on us what the Word of God says, it was never God's intention that we wait. In other words, God doesn't... Some people think, well, God will heal me in His own sweet time. At the right time, He'll heal me. That's not true. Jesus has already paid for healing, and it's ours now. It was ours yesterday. If we were a Christian yesterday, it was ours yesterday. If we were a Christian 30 years ago, it was ours then. Did you hear me? God's not waiting for a certain time. It's ours right now. If you're a Christian right now, everything that Jesus bought and paid for is yours now, today. You don't have to wait till next week. Don't ever buy the lie that, well, I got to wait because it's just not God's time. No, that's not true. God already gave it. It's sitting there, wrapped up. What has to change for us to partake of it? We have to take it by faith. How does faith come? It comes by hearing. Look, put it up real quick, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how faith comes. Not by us praying for it. Did you hear me? You don't pray for faith. If you ask God for faith, or you've ever asked God for faith, just no condemnation, just throw it away. It was unscriptural to pray that way. Because that's not how faith comes. You don't get faith by praying. You get faith by hearing. By hearing what? The Word of God. You, you receive faith. Faith comes to your heart when you hear what God has said on any given subject. That's when faith comes. Faith will be there. As you hear, faith will be there. And when faith is there, you can receive by faith what God has already provided. It didn't become available when you believed. It became available when God provided it, which was before any of us are born, were born. So it was available before any of us knew it was available. And so, you know, depending on your upbringing, you may, have, you may have had more or less knowledge of that. But when we come to the realization that things are available, for instance, healing, 
That's when we can now exercise faith for healing. Well, how does that happen? By hearing. So in general, what needs to come before healing is hearing. We need to hear and then be healed. But a lot of people, they just want to be healed. They don't want to hear anything. God, just heal me. God already provided the healing for you. God's not, you're not waiting for God to heal you. God has already given the gift, and we need to hear something so we realize it's already mine. Oh, I'm going to take it. If I put this water bottle here, and I said, well, let's say, this water bottle's here, and you're saying I'm thirsty. Jim, will you just give me the water bottle? Jim, will you just give me the water bottle? Give me, give me water. Give me water. Give me water. Give me water. Now, if you didn't hear me say a little bit ago, anybody that wants a water bottle, come get it. Free. Now, I got more under here. I'm not going to bother to get them out right now for this illustration. But let's say I had water bottles up, and I said, whoever wants a water bottle, you can have one. Come and get it. But if you sat there and somehow you didn't hear it or you misunderstood me or whatever, just say you just didn't hear it, and you're begging me to give it to you. The fact is, I've already told you if you want it, come get it. Now let's say I said, and with everybody's hearing, right now I said, here's a water bottle. Anybody that wants one can have it. Come get it. Now, what if you sit there and go, well, I'm so thirsty. I wish I, wish, I wish I could have a water bottle. I wish I could. I want a water bottle so bad. What did, I te- what did I say? If you want a water bottle, come get it. Well, if you heard that, then you could act on it and just come and get one. Now, if you hadn't heard it, Maybe somebody just walked in. I just said that somebody walked in, and, I, and they're going, man, I'm thirsty. And they see all these water bottles up there, and they're like, ooh, that looks good. Now, if somebody turned around and said, you know what? They say, they're just saying it to themselves, I'm thirsty. And somebody heard him and said, you know, he said you can go, go get a water bottle if you want it. Really? Are you sure? I don't know if he likes me. I don't know if he knows me. I don't Well, see, they could go through all kinds of gymnastics because they weren't sure, or they didn't know, or... But the fact is, if I had already said you can get one, then and I meant what I said, you could come get one. See, that's the way it is with the Word of God. People are saying, oh, God, I just want to be healed. And God's already said, I've, I've healed you. I've already provided healing. People are like, oh, just heal me. They need to hear that God has already provided healing in order to do something about it, in order to come get it. Because it's already ours as a Christian. It is, guys, right now it's ours. It's, it's, it's ours. Now, God's not going to do anything more about that part of it, what he's provided by, by the sacrifice of Jesus. He is not going to do anything more about it than he's already done. We need to hear something so we can receive something so then his power flows. You can't really say he did it. I mean, his power's flowing at that point, but he didn't make it available. We just put a demand on the power and then it heals our bodies. So if we're going to be healed by faith, the first step to be healed by faith is to hear. And faith comes by hearing what the Word of God says about healing. But you don't have to receive it just because you heard it. We have to hear it, and we have to receive it. 
You know you can hear but not really hear. I mean, anybody that's been in school, if you're honest, knows this. You could be sitting there and, you know, you're really excited about a trip that you're going on that weekend. Or you're thinking about what you're going to do that. It's a Friday and you're thinking about what you're going to do that night or you're excited about something and the teacher's talking and you're not, you're hearing. You couldn't, I mean, your, your ears are hearing. You know, because it doesn't shut off just because you go in the la-la land and you space out. You're still hearing, but it's not really impacting your brain. And so you get tested on some of that stuff, and you're like, when did they say that? Well, you were, they had, you know, your neighbor has it in their notes. They wrote it down. It was on Friday, this and this. I didn't hear them say it. Kind of. You didn't, it didn't register on your brain, but you heard them. If you were in the room, it came in, but it didn't really come in. Well, that can happen with the Word of God, too. That's why when we come in and we're, we're sitting like this, or you're online listening, you ought to have a, a, um, an attitude of reverence. When you come in, make sure you're tuning in, you, you, you put distractions away, because this, is, this happens all the time. Uh, the enemy likes to distract you. And I, I'm, I'm not knocking anybody that's watching online, okay? But it is better to be in the room. I'll give you one, one example or one reason. If you're looking at a screen, you can still see everything that's over here, and you can hear it, but you can also hear everything that's around. Okay? There are distractions that can happen. When something needs, you're getting something you need to hear, uh, you can get distracted and miss it. It can happen when you're sitting here. Something, you know, you're listening, but all of a sudden, well, look at that spot on the ceiling. How, how did that get, what? And then you're just looking and something that's vital that needs to go, that you need to hear is going on, but you're not hearing it because you're distracted. Don't let that happen. We ought to be, if the word's going forth, I am reverent, I am listening. Lord, what do you, I'm tuned in because I want to get what he has for me. So hearing is very important. We want to hear what he's saying so that he can speak through his word, through our uh, spirit, spirit to spirit, so that faith can, hu- can come, so that we can be healed. Praise the Lord. Matthew 9, 35. Let's read this and then we'll go on. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Notice that. Jesus went about all the cities and, and villages, teaching teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Notice the order. He went teaching and preaching and healing, but he was saying something, and then people heard it, and then they were healed. It was not automatic, hear me, it was not automatic just because the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was in a place that people would be healed. They had to hear. And if Jesus, I'll read a quote by Kenneth E. Hagin Sr. He said this, he said, he, he spoke uh, 
to the Lord Jesus in a vision. He had a number of visions, and they were all backed up by the Word of God, not some flaky, oh, just saw this. He always would be like, where is that in the Bible? Uh, he has a book called I Believe in Visions. If you ever want to read about this, visions are real. The visions are biblical. You don't seek visions. You don't try to, to, to um, see a vision. Just don't, don't ask God for visions. If God sees fit to give you a vision, then rejoice, but don't go after him. But Brother Hagin did see a number of visions, spoke with the Lord Jesus for up to an hour and a half on different times. But in one, when he was speaking to him, again, all backed up with the Word of God. In fact, Jesus would bring him back to the Word and point things out in the Word you know, that he had never seen. He said, in, in this one vision, Jesus said, you see, those who would not hear me didn't receive healing. I did not heal the sick the way the average church person thinks I did. For if I did, I certainly failed at Nazareth. We're going to read that in a minute. Because I only managed to get a few people healed. In other words, a lot of people, a lot of religious people, think that Jesus went about healing people to demonstrate his power and to prove that he was the Son of God. And he did it independent of anybody else. That's not true. Let's look at this. Mark 6, verse 1. It says, Then he went out from there, Jesus went out and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many, hearing him, were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And that what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Now a number of things here. We read, let's read it through again. But I want to give you a little bit of background. This is Nazareth. This is where he grew up. If you want to do well any place, it's in your hometown. With the people you grew up with. Is that not true? You want to do well there. This is in his hometown. And he went out from there, came to his own country, verse 1 says. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing in him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What wisdom is this that is given to him that such mighty works are performed with his hands? See, they've heard about it in other places. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? The brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon. Some people say, well, Jesus didn't have any brothers and sisters. The Bible said he did. Now, they didn't. Their father wasn't Joseph. Their mother was Mary. Some people try to say, well, no, these were cousins. No, these were his brothers from Mary. These are his brothers. They're saying, aren't, they, aren't, aren't his brothers here and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended. So what are they saying? We know this dude. We saw him grow up. This is brothers over here, and that's his sisters. Who, who does he think he is? That's what they're saying. They're like, what? 
Nah, where did he get this stuff? Yeah, he made, where does he get doing this stuff? And it says they were offended at him. So they weren't listening. They're like, well, we know you. That happens a lot. People don't differentiate the anointing of God from the person. Don't ever do that. You know, coming to hear a person, or you coming to hear the Lord through a person? Don't, that's a tactic of the devil. The devil try to get you to look at people every time. Get you off on people. Well, this person's doing this. Keep your eyes of what... I'm not saying we shouldn't live right and everything, uh, but I'm saying even if somebody fell somewhere and did something wrong, don't, that doesn't mean God failed you. That doesn't mean God was wrong. Don't get your eyes on people. And don't start looking at the person, the humanity, because everybody's human. <laughs> Every person is human. We should know that, but sometimes we're like, well, you should be superhuman. Why, you know, why are you acting like a person? I'm not talking about sin. We're just talking about you being human. Well, everybody's human. You know, somebody said it like this. You know, you say, so, well, you know, I, this other person, they're doing such and stuff. I just, you know, what's their deal? Their biggest problem is that they're like you. They're a person. And so, you know, let's not be hypocritical about it. But these guys are, they're offended. So they're saying, I don't know. What are you saying? I don't really... I'm not really receiving it. Verse 4. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives. What's he saying? The prophet is honored in other places, but the people that know him, they're not honoring him. In other words, this happens all the time. When you, you know, you're familiar with something, you're like, eh. But then somebody does the exact same thing and comes, you know, and them, wow, they're amazing. We sometimes disregard what is in our own midst. And that's what he's saying, is that a prophet has honor. He says, not without honor, except in his own country. Or he's honored everywhere, except in his hometown, except where people know him. And in his own house. Verse 5, now he could do no mighty work there. He, he could do no mighty work there. Now he could do no mighty work. It doesn't say he wouldn't. It, say, it says he couldn't. Look at it. Because it's religion that thinks that Jesus could go and do whatever he wanted whenever he wanted to do it. That's, if he would have been, if he were acting the way people say that Jesus was acting, and this is one reason they'll say healing has passed away, is they say he just went around doing that to prove he was the Son of God, and then the apostles went about doing it to prove that Jesus was the Son of God. And once that was done, it all passed away. Oh, so in 2022, with rampant unbelief in God, we don't need any of that anymore. We don't need signs and wonders to give glory to God. So that's people get into error thinking it was just something they went around and did. No, the truth is the supernatural continues on today. It never ended. But Jesus wasn't going doing it like a game going, well, I'm going to prove this and I'm going to prove that. If he were going to prove it anywhere, he would have gone into Nazareth and blown that place up. This been like, oh, you don't believe me? Watch this. How about that? Watch this. Boom. You think I'm the son of God? No, God's not like that. He went in, preached the word, and they were like, we don't believe you. And it says, he, can you put it back up? He could not do it. 
It says he could do no mighty work there except he laid his hands on a few, few sick people and healed them. What that means when you see it in other places and what the uh, Greek says is he, he laid his hands on people with a few minor ailments and he healed them. In other words, they didn't have much wrong with them. In other words, he wasn't, do, he wasn't healing blind eyes. He wasn't healing deaf ears. He wasn't healing the lame. He could only get a little bit done. Why? Because people wouldn't hear. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, verse 6, and he marveled because of their unbelief. He marveled at how much they would not believe. How does faith come? Romans 10, 17. It comes by hearing. Why did they have unbelief? Because they would not hear. They would not hear the truth. They would not listen to the truth. And then the next part says, Then he went about the villages in a circuit, what? Teaching. Why? He's got to preach the word. He's got He has to say the word, and then they have to receive it. And in places where they received it, things would happen. Miracles would happen. Where they rejected it, like here, there was nothing nothing done. Let's read one more verse, and I believe we'll pick up next time. But I just want to read this in connection with what we just said. Luke 4.16. So what did Jesus say? We're going to get into some other aspects of this when people heard about him and they believed things. But what was he saying? Verse 16, So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, so it says he did this here, and evidently it says as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on a Sabbath day and stood up to read, and he, handed the, he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So it said this was his custom. This, what he, this is what he was doing. And he read these verses. So this is something that likely he was reading and sharing with people when he went. He was telling them about himself. Verse 18. It said he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are are oppressed, then, uh, excuse me, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, verse 20, then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So this is what he was saying. He's saying the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Well, those people that heard him would be like, yeah, right. I know who you are. Now you're, you're, you're opening the book of Isaiah and acting like you're that prophet that it's prophesying about. I don't believe it. But where people received it and believed that the spirit of God was upon him to do what he said, they saw what he said he was anointed to do. And so then, then things would happen, and then that word would go around, and people would listen to it, they would hear it, they, they would hear that Jesus is coming, and then they would be, if they received it, they would be healed. 
And that's what allowed those things to happen. Sure, there were certain things that happened independent in spite of some of those things, but by and large, as people listened, as people received the word, then that faith came, and when faith is there, it creates an atmosphere where the Spirit of God can flow, and people can receive from God, and people are healed. It's the same in 2022 as it was then. And as we're teaching on these things, faith is rising. Faith is coming up. The Spirit of God is quickening this word to our spirits and things that we're seeing it clearer and clearer, and it's creating an atmosphere where we can receive. You may have already been receiving things as you could. You don't have to wait, but as, as we speak on these things, there's faith there, and we can just say, wait a minute, I've had, this is already provided for me. Well, I'll take it today. I'm not even waiting. No, that's, that's what the Word of God says, so I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe that He already healed me. Well, how did that happen? You heard something. As you heard something, faith was there, and then you chose to cooperate with it. You acted on it, and what was there all along became yours in actuality, not because God changed, but because we heard something and received something from him.